You're listening to Arrowhead Radio. He doesn't love us because we're good. He loves us because he's good. You can't steer a boat that's not moving. We, need, we as Christians, we need to start opening our mouths. And it says that he who believes on the Son has life, and he that does not believe um, does not have life, and the wrath of God abides on him. Uh, to me, one of the greatest things God did to me was give me peace, give me a hope, give me a promise. And I thought, I have eternal life. I'm, I'm about for heaven, and it's, it's forever. I'm Mark Dana. And I'm Venus Cote. And this is Hope to the Nations. How are you today, Venus? I'm fine. I finally figured out how this uh, stuff works. I'm not, uh, I'm, not tech, I'm not a techie whatsoever. I have to work at it to figure stuff out. That's all right, Venus. I got you covered. I told people that you were off golfing the last time. so you, I, <laughs> I, hope, I, I hope you confess because that wasn't true. <laughs> well, I was just trying to cover for, you know, like any kind of problem with the technology. We're really happy to have Venus uh, back, obviously. <laughs> also to have Judy Cody with us today. I'm really excited about that because Judy is a longtime friend of our family. And, and of course, we have that common uh, experience where we were involved in the camp in Quebec together. So uh, Ju Judy is from Gitigan-Zibi, uh, Algonquin community, north of Ottawa. And uh, we're just excited to have her here and to listen to her story. So Judy, welcome. Thank you. It's nice to be with you guys. And Venus, I, it's just so lovely to see you again, uh, even if it's online. Um, I don't know how many years it's been since we've seen each other, but uh, certainly uh, even uh, though we're so far apart, we're still sisters at heart and uh, it's great to, to be with you. Well, I must say uh, condolences to you for the loss of your mom. And what an amazing lady, because if it wasn't for your mom, uh, doors wouldn't have opened for us to be able to come into your home and, and do the camp and many other things. And remembering camping at your brother's place and tents outside and just lots and lots of wonderful memories. And now she's home with the Lord and just, um, just wonderful. Yes, I miss her every day because uh, there's so many things that we, like uh, I would call her to share with her blessings and uh, things that I needed prayer for and everything. And it's just, she's there with the Lord and I'm thankful for that, but uh, I sure miss her. Yeah. I'm sure you do. So your mom really played a pretty big part in your story about coming to know God, I, I believe? Yes. Well, mom um, uh, was part of the, uh, uh, okay, I'm losing my words here because <laughs> of that anesthetic that I had a month ago. But anyway, um, she was 
part of the founding of the church in Manawaki. And um, prior to the establishing of the, the Baptist church there, she had uh, been the Sunday school superintendent for uh, the United Church, but uh, she was limited in terms of how she could share the gospel and it was it was difficult for her. So then when the missionaries came, like the, the church planters to establish a church, uh, they had heard of her. I don't even remember how now, but uh, anyway, so they, they came to her and she was just so thrilled because by that point in time, she had at least six kids and she was anxious for them to uh, be well grounded in, in uh, the word of God. So um, she brought us to church every, every Sunday and uh, she read to us and prayed with us at night. And um, anyway, um, yeah, uh, I came to know the Lord when I was eight at a, a VBS program, a Vacation Bible School. And um, uh, I, w- I just developed the understanding there that I was a sinner. And even though I was only eight years old, there's, you know, there was sin in my heart that I needed uh, Jesus for. And I came to understand that um, God sent his son, Jesus, to die for my sins and uh, to uh, take them away. Um, and so I confessed my sins to him and accepted him at that time. And uh, I, uh, just briefly, I grew very slowly as a Christian. Um, I mean, a lot of yeah. uh, my, my Christian uh, life was just habit and a desire to please my mom and, and my dad, uh, although he wasn't a Christian at the time. But um, mm-hmm. anyway, um, when I was 13, I was baptized. I, I understood my need to, uh, you know, confess my faith uh, publicly. And, um, but then, you know, my growth was stalled for years and, can I, uh, can I just interject? Sure. All right. Just the context, like, of what we're talking about, Quebec, right? Right. So when you were talking about the church there, it's kind of an interesting story in itself. I'm not trying to take away from your, what you're thinking. No, you're right. A, was a, those were French. Those were French church planters. Yes. Came. Well, no, they were bilingual. Right. There was a team of uh, uh, church planters, and most of them had been trained at um, uh, Toronto Baptist Seminary in Toronto, and they were commissioned there and sent out. And uh, they were Anglophones. You went there, right? No, I went to Ontario Bible College. Okay, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, but they were Anglophones who had like a real heart for um, Quebec. And uh, so they learned French and, um, and uh, anyway, uh, some of them were imprisoned because back in those days, um, that was in the early 50s, the Catholic Church had control uh, of 
you know, the, the uh, communities in Quebec. And um, so they, they didn't agree with what, what was happening. And Murray so, Heron and his brothers were yeah, exactly. in prison, right? Yes, yeah. Well, our church planter was um, Bill Phillips. And um, yeah. he and his right wife there. Blanche uh, moved to Manawaki and uh, started the church. And um, yeah, so mom was part of that. And, uh, and we, we were blessed by, by the, that family, that's for sure. And, um, you know, there were, mom had Bible studies in her home uh, where people from the reserve came and learned more about the Bible. But, you know, there, the Catholic Church was so... Um, uh, ingrained in them like the, mm. the teaching that they were afraid to leave it and but yeah. they were still hungry for more but and that's why they came to the bible studies but they they really felt strongly about staying with the church but i remember i my friends in my neighborhood um like i had three very close friends and they would tell me we can't play with you anymore because you're Protestant and we're Catholic, you know? <laughs> so anyway, it was, but they ended up, you know, not uh, following what the priest told them and we stayed yeah. friends, but anyway, so yeah. <laughs> um, there was some pretty interesting people you met too, right? Like Stan Williams. Oh yeah. That was, um, after I'd been through Bible college. Now, let me tell you the story of wanting to go to Bible college because yeah, I was yeah. working up on James Bay at the time. And uh, I, that was in my early 20s. And I was approached by a group of guys who were with uh, Treaty 3. And uh, they tried to convince me that, uh, you know, the Bible was for white people. And... Okay. <laughs> uh, that because I was native that I should, you know, embrace these beliefs that had to do a lot with mother earth and, um, you know, those animism involved there and what have you. And I was almost convinced and, uh, like I really had a, a, a struggle felt like Jacob, I think just wrestling with, with the Lord about these things. And um, I called my mom and she didn't say very much, but she just said, mm -hmm. Judy, all I can tell you is open your Bible. Yeah. And, and then she, she must've prayed all that night because I did not sleep that night. I did open my Bible and God led me to Romans 1 16 where uh, I, I, I'm, I can't quote right now. My, like these are, Bible verses that I've memorized, but right now yeah. um, my memory is really failing me. So I'm just going to uh, quickly Google it. Uh, anyway, or maybe I can paraphrase. Uh, it's about God coming for um, the Jews, but also for the Gentiles. Mm -hmm. And uh, okay, it says, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek or the Gentile. So um, uh, God 
I mean, I don't, I didn't hear his audible voice, but it was like this affirmation that I like, I'm not Jew, so I'm Gentile. And he says, this is for you, Judy. And then he, you know, it was, I was just flipping through my Bible and I, I don't believe in doing that for everything, but it just seemed like that night God led me to the scriptures that I needed uh, to, to help me with my um, struggle. And one, one of them was, um, is it John uh, six fourteen? So yeah, I, um, I realized then too that Christ was the only way. So anyway, I thought, okay, I don't know my Bible very well. And I needed to, I, I wanted to know more. And so I thought I'm going to go to Bible college. And so I applied and I got into Ontario Bible college and spent three and a half years there. And uh, I, one of the, the terms uh, I started in January and one of my terms I took off to go on a mission trip to the Philippines. So that's why it took me three and a half years to, um, to finish. And um, I got my uh, Bachelor of Religious Education and then I went from there to university and I got a teaching degree and became a teacher. And yeah, I say that I really grew up in the last 10 years because God sometimes uses um, struggles. Uh, and I really wrestled with God in the past 10 years. And he just he convicted easy, me. Has it? Pardon me? It has not been easy. No, no, it was tough. But, you know, I look back and I think, thank you, Lord. Thank you for those struggles because... God convicted me of, of, you know, like you get thinking, okay, I'm pretty good. Uh, you know, I'll have communion. And they ask you to reflect on your life and to see if there's any sin there or whatever. And I could never really identify sin in my life. I was thinking, oh, no, I'm living a good life. Like I'm not doing anything I'm not supposed to and what have you. And thank you Lord for salvation. And that was it. But yeah, several years ago, he convicted me very strongly of the fact that I had deep seated resentment in my heart. And it stemmed from so many different things. It stemmed from having seven brothers and being bullied. <laughs> and like, yeah. I mean, I love my brothers, but yeah, anyway, they, they were teases and it was tough growing up and I resented being the only girl and having to do a lot of the housework and things like that and my brother's laughing about it and um, you know thing that was one thing and then another was living like in dominant society as a First Nations person and you know trying to live down stereotypes and all of that sort of thing. And like, I didn't realize that I was internalizing a lot of anger and bitterness about it. Mm. And um, yeah, so there was that. And, and then also like, you know, the resentment that you feel, I don't know if you feel this 
Venus, but as a woman in a man's world, you know, that sort of thing. And just try, like, especially because I had seven brothers and they were lovingly chauvinistic, you know, but anyway. Um, I guess, I guess in a sense, it's, it's having to try to prove yourself. I know. Well, that w- that's something that I've learned in the past, you know, 10 to 15 years. I feel like I've actually started to grow up. And I started praying a certain way about, about these. I mean, I confessed all the resentment. And mind you, God has taken away bits of it, but it's still there. And everyone, at least I can recognize it when it, you know, raises its ugly head. Um, and like I can confess it to the Lord more quickly and not let it fester and, um, you know, make me somebody that is not honoring to God. Anyway, um, so like I've, that, that lesson has changed my life. And um, I now um, pray a certain way. I, pr- I pray every day, Lord, help me to see myself as you see me. Because like you said, Venus, my worthiness comes through his eyes, not through anyone else's in this world. And, um, yeah, that's you know, like I, I was a person that needed a lot of... Um, uh, stroking, you know, like uh, I needed reassurance and and that sort of thing. Well, now I don't. I'm not as needy of that <laughs> because you know uh, of my relationship with God and the fact that He tells me daily. You know, you're my daughter. You're you know, you're loved. Um, and so I. The, the struggles that I went through, and I'll tell you a little bit about them, but I don't like to go back there because, you know, uh, Paul says, forgetting what lies behind, you press on. And that's what I want to do. I want to press on. But yeah. we part can learn of the from struggles the past, came. Yeah. yeah. Pardon? We can learn from the past, too, so go go for it. Yeah. Well, I, I would... I, got the job as the principal of the school back home. And um, it was tough because um, I think the world expects perfection. And I made a lot of mistakes. And uh, while I was doing the job of principal, I was also looking after mom, whose needs had increased. And so it, mm. it was stressful and, and exhausting. And so I was tired a lot of the time. My memory's bad now, but, but it was bad then too. So like I was forgetting things and uh, the, the amount of stress I was under was, was really tough. And of course, with people not able to forgive your mistakes and, um, and that sort of thing, it, you know, I just had to cling to the Lord every day for the strength to, to, to get through. And, um, well, you he, said, uh, it, you, you said, sorry, I, go ahead. you said that, that people don't want to forgive your mistakes, but there was definitely like people had their own agendas as well. Right. Oh yes, Obviously. definitely. 
definitely. You remember. <laughs> yes, they did. And um, I didn't really understand their agendas. Uh, my goal as principal was to ensure that the kids, my students, got the best, got what they needed and got the best that, that we could give them. Yeah. And uh, sometimes they were forgotten by other people. And it was difficult because I, I, you know, made the assumption that everybody had the same goal as me. <laughs> and I, that wasn't the always the case. But anyway, um, yeah, so it was, it was um, a trial. It was a, a definite trial. But um, God sustained me. He brought me through. And um, I look back only to... Uh, see what I learned from that situation and to praise God for it. You retired. Uh, I was, yes, I retired three years ago and um, I was exhausted, just exhausted. But um, God has blessed in the, the past three years and um, I'm, I have much to praise him for. And, um, uh, but I especially praise him for, the things that he taught me and for the how he just drew me closer and closer to him and uh, made me realize that life is not worth living without him and Amen. Um, yeah you, okay do you have any questions <laughs> where are you living right now oh are you I, on the reserve right, no I'm not on the reserve right now although I still have my uh, home there um I'm living in Pembroke, Ontario. Okay. And um, people ask, well, why Pembroke? Because, you know, like it, there was nothing really to bring me here. Except that when, um, well, I taught at Nipissing University for a few years. So I lived in North Bay. And when I lived in North Bay, I used to drive through Pembroke. And there was something about this town that, you know, really drew me to it. And I used to think I would love, just love to buy a house there. And, um, and my vision of what I do with my house was um, maybe um, become a, a caregiver to uh, single seniors who, you know, didn't want to live alone. But, uh, and this is back, I was in my late thirties, early forties at the time. And, um, anyway, uh, I was thinking maybe I could, you know, run a group home and, you know, like a Christian group home or whatever. Well, that didn't turn out, that wasn't what God had in mind, but, um, but that was kind of what I was thinking back then. But, um, my niece and my nephew, uh, decided to go to school here in Pembroke. This was about seven years ago or so and I they needed a place to live and I thought well maybe I'll I'll invest I'll buy a house and um and they could rent it from me and so they rented it for a couple of years and then my friend's daughters needed a place because they were going to school here and so they rented and then after I retired I decided no I wasn't re quite ready to live in the house because I was still looking after mom but I decided I would um fix up the house and I move into it myself when when uh, mom didn't need me anymore so two years ago she passed away and I moved 
I moved here to Pembroke and um, uh, I've just loved it. Like I've, I'm going to a very good church and uh, I've met a group of women and we formed a support group and it's, we pray together. We um, it's, it's a, a group for growth. Like uh, we, we talk about our struggles and yeah, what's that? You met them, yes. Yeah. We came yeah. down last September. We, we passed through um, and visited with Mark and Ruth Anna. And uh, yeah, they're, they're a wonderful group of women. And uh, we, we're honest with each other. It's, it's really a support group. And, um, you. you know, they, it's, they, um, it's almost like you've given, given, given for so many years. And you've poured your heart and soul into your people and to the ministry that God has called. Now it's time for someone to look after you. Well, that's how it feels. Spiritually you know, and emotionally. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, that's that's exactly how it. Well, we need that so much, though. We need it all the time, right? Yeah. Exactly. But I also think, okay, I kind of feel guilty in a way because you know, God has truly blessed me here, and I think, okay, have I run away from the res? You know, like, and I've gone back there. I went through a very difficult time in November because my sister-in-law passed away and she had been my sister for 50 years. And like, I, d I don't have sisters. So, you know, that those, those feelings, like it was like she was my sister and um, I, I don't know where she is. I don't know. Uh, spiritually where she was at at all and that was a real struggle that uh, those those days back home when she was dying and then afterwards I I just felt oppressed I felt um, like I felt the like grief that I didn't feel for mom because I felt joy for mom, even though I miss her terribly. I know where she is, but not knowing where someone is spending eternity, that that's devastating. And I just had to really give all that to the Lord. And this is the second time that this has happened to me because we lost my nephew, Casey, on Christmas Day two years ago, two and a half years ago. Yeah. And he died of a methadone overdose. Oh, my goodness. And I'm so sorry to hear that. Yeah. It was, I was very angry with God that day. And a Christmas, a Christmas is so difficult. But because I lost dad just before Christmas, I lost my Casey's dad, my brother Bob, just before Christmas, and then losing Casey on Christmas Day. Um, <clears throat> he uh, he had writ kept a journal, and in it, he'd uh, written about these night terrors that he was having, and the only thing that would um, chase those terrors away and keep the evil at bay was if he said the name Jesus. 
And like, I don't know if that is confessing Jesus as savior or not, but I know that losing him that day, I was angry with the Lord because I was like, God, we've prayed for him for so many years that you would save him out of this drug addiction. And then he dies without us knowing for certain that he's with the Lord. And I, anyway, I texted, I know Mark, you've got one of my texts and everything just, and I know people started praying and oh my goodness, the difference that prayer makes is so real because God took away that anger and gave me peace and calm. I don't know where Casey is, but I just trust God that he knows and that he had a purpose and I've just given it all to the Lord. And same with when I lost my sister-in-law, um, she died of, of cancer and she withered away to probably 80 pounds mm. and it was hard it was hard watching that and i tried yeah, to you know speak to her about things of the lord but i never it was i never could ask her where do you stand with christ and i i regret that i i left it too late i think and uh, by that, when I <clears throat> went to, to see her, she was already surrounded by her own siblings, and I couldn't even get close to have a private conversation with her. Mm. So anyway, that's, that was difficult, really difficult. Yeah. You know, it um, doesn't matter how old we are or how many years we've walked with God. We know that God uh, knows exactly what our hearts and our minds are thinking and feeling. And yeah. it seems sometimes uh, most of my life I struggled, but yet I knew that he was there. I knew uh, that he never left nor forsaken, but his plans for us, are always for the best, even though we don't see it, even though mm -hmm. our heart is full of pain and hurt, but yet mm -hmm. there's things that he teaches us. And I'm thankful for that. And I'm so thankful for your life. And, and I can feel, and I can sympathize with you and in, in your pain and your heart. But all, all I know is that you had an amazing mother who prayed and loved. And I was privileged to be able to be in her home and to work with her at camp and to see the love that she poured, not into her own children, but her grandchildren and to children that weren't even hers, even mm -hmm. including myself. She gave me a Bible way back when, and I still got that. And I pull it out and I see her name and thinking, what an amazing lady. And yeah. I have to say this, my last name is Cody. I'm also from Saskatchewan. I think what, what's amazing is that uh, you're Algonquin and I'm Ojibwe, I'm Soto, and we share the last name, but we're also sisters in Christ. And that's, uh -huh. what, makes it, that's what makes it unique. Yeah. 
Yes, I know. That's it. My brothers, when you came that time for Christmas, they were like, oh, we have another sister. (laughs) 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 Anyway, because your last name was the same as ours. But um, no, you're right. Uh, I was truly blessed with the mother that God gave me. And um, uh, she prayed faithfully for my, for all of her children and her grandchildren. And now I pray God continue to hear her prayers that bring them to a saving knowledge of you. And right now, I mean, there, there's 50, 57 of us that have descended from the, that includes the, the spouses. Okay. From mom and dad, like uh, there's, you know, 57 and the only one Christian is me. You know, that no one else has, you know, stepped out in, in faith. And even though, like, my brothers all receive the same teaching, when mom was dying, like, we, we had four days with her, well, three days. And uh, she wasn't conscious, but the one day my brother came in to the hospital, to the palliative room, and he said, I want to sing to mom. He said, I want to sing softly and tenderly. He remembered it from when he was a kid. And I found it on my phone so that he, he could have the words there. And he sang softly and tenderly, Jesus is calling. Um, and like, I was like, wow, you know, what is it that, I mean, he's not, he doesn't go to church. He, you know, doesn't talk about the Lord. He, you know doesn't uh he's not walking with god and yet he would want to sing that to mom and uh pretty amazing yeah, yeah. i you know it's just it's a puzzle <laughs> but i god knows their hearts and cool. um i've been praying even god um if necessary give them a damascus road experience because yeah. it just uh, you know, when uh, like Paul was confronted on the road to Damascus, it just changed his life completely. And uh, that's what they need because um, their hearts are hardened. Hmm. We get things all mixed up, don't we? Like about what is faith and walking with Jesus and what is religion. Like if I'm angry with God, like you said, I know there is no place in the Bible that really condemns anybody for expressing their hearts mm-hmm. discontent about a situation or hurt to God. Mm-hmm. There is no place. As a matter of fact, he seems to welcome it in those situations where it's so serious, right? Mm-hmm. And Yeah, well, you know... Uh, I watched a program this week and I highly recommend it. It's called American gospel. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Like I realize that so many churches fail to preach the gospel message consistently. And so it, it fosters people thinking, okay, well, you know, my faith is good enough. Like it's, yeah, I believe in God, sure, you know, but it's not enough. It's, there's a, a math formula that needs to take place 
with salvation. And that's, you know, we need to repent. We need to, to ask God to take away our sin. Mm. And so we need to be convicted of sin in order to confess it before God and, and in order for God to take it away. It's and, a whole new uh, life, right? What's whole, that? A whole new life. New life. Exactly. Exactly. I believe, well, I believe, I think nowadays it's all about programs. And back when I got saved, everything was just kept simple. The gospel message was preached, but yet we need to remember that we need to keep things simple and not yeah. to complicate things. I'm not, I'm just saying that just to keep it simple, to preach the gospel as is and to remember why Jesus died and why he came and what he's going to do, and that we just need to keep it simple. We don't need to complicate things. God will use it. I know, exactly. I Actually, that's been a prayer of mine for the past year, is God help me to share my faith in such a basic way without the, the jargon uh, that do, comes it? with, you know, <laughs> Christianity. But just to say, okay, you know, I know God is holy, mm. and I know that in and of myself, there's no way that I can even come close to him. And uh, I needed his son, Jesus, to take away my sin so that to cover that sin, to just blot it out so that I can approach God in his holiness. Your mother carried a torch and the flame was high. And when she went home to be with the Lord, she passed on baton to you mm -hmm. and for you to continue to pray for your family your mm -hmm. nieces your nephews and you may feel or think that you don't have quite a ministry right now but your ministry is praying and yeah. your ministry is encouraging and that's the biggest ministry that you have right now that is beyond all and that that that's an amazing ministry and even though sometimes it, it becomes tiresome and heavy and but yet he says we're not to carry our burdens but we need to leave it on the altar and he'll carry them yeah. for us and there's a lot of tired christians out there that fail to leave leave it on the altar we carry to the altar and we're supposed to leave it there. But sometimes I take it off the altar and I carry it and it becomes heavy and I shouldn't, I shouldn't do that. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but you, you have a ministry in itself right there in front of you. And, and, uh, you have a wonderful family too there. That's right. That's they right. Are a wonderful family. And I, it, they're a blessing, but you know, sometimes I, f I feel like I'm born into the wrong family because, you know, That's what I, I thought. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, um, in that program uh, th that I watched, American Gospel, uh, Benny Hinn's nephew, Costi uh, Hinn, um, he was sharing how much he loved his family. And even though they, they claimed to believe, he didn't agree with what they were doing. And so he, he felt isolated. And that's where you know the family of god like the the people that that truly love the lord 
they become your family. Mm. And I've got family here now in Pembroke and uh, I have extended family, some in Saskatchewan, (laughs) (laughs) you know, just uh, in New Brunswick and so forth. But um, like, you know, I feel such a strong connection with, you know, my Christian family that, um, yeah, God's good. He, uh, Really he is. provides for our needs. Yeah, it's been wonderful talking with you guys. I, I really yeah, enjoyed talking with you. To Anishinaabe. Okay, Go thanks. Forward. Love okay. you. Love you too, Venus. Bye. 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 This has been a broadcast of Arrowhead Radio, a ministry of Arrowhead Native Bible Center. You can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash anbc.ncem. Look for a new episode next week wherever you find your favorite podcasts.